Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Are you a Henry? It stands for high earner, not rich yet. It means that despite earning a six-figure income, you're struggling to amass any meaningful nest egg. Our friends at The Motley Fool can help. Since 1993, they've been providing investment advice, helping members build the financial future they envision. To kickstart your 2021 financial goals, they're offering five of their favorite stock picks for free. Realizing you're a Henry? Remember the not rich yet part. You can do it, and The Motley Fool can help. Visit fool.com slash best bets. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, for all back on Coast to Coast, that uh, SMU lead 79-65, buck 50 left uh, down in Dallas. They were laying 11 and a hook. All right, Carver High, a lot of NBA rack to get into. We know that uh, the cancellations are rolling. Uh, Mavs Pels tonight, which was the game of the night, plus Porzingis was coming back. That's a swing and a miss. Now it's all about the Natty and college football, and they canceled that Bulls-Celtics game tomorrow as well. There's been games left and right. Heat-Celtics canceled. It's getting crazy with the COVID in the NBA. Yeah, we've got three canceled. Obviously, one last night, which was Heat-Celtics. That got postponed tonight. Pelicans and Mavs tomorrow night. Bulls and Celtics. Uh, the Heat lose Avery Bradley to COVID quarantine. Jason Tatum facing a 10-day quarantine for the Celtics. Um, here it is, Scotty. I mean, listen, we thought that it might happen, and we're seeing games start to get picked off of the NBA schedule here. It seems like they're just going to try to – the NBA said today they're having a big governor's meeting tomorrow, maybe making the protocols a little bit stricter, but it sounds like we're pressing on and just going to move these games to the end of the year. God, I hope so. Uh, if Seriously, if they cancel the NBA season, which right now they have no plans to do that, they are moving forward and dealing with each situation as it arises. But if it got to the point where they cancel the NBA season, then I can guarantee you what will happen. The fallout will be college basketball will be canceled the day after that, and that will be the end of uh, basketball, as you know it, for this year. And that would be devastating. I don't know what I would do. Like, honestly, I'd end up in a rubber room. I watch more NBA and college rack than I eat and breathe. I mean, honestly, that's all I do. All I do is watch basketball. And then once hockey starts, it's even worse because I watch hockey as much as I watch basketball. And if they cancel hockey and basketball, I may jump off a bridge. No, we cannot have it. And and trust me, I'm assuming that hockey is going to have the same issues that the NBA is having right now. We've already seen it with the Dallas Stars and them having to cancel their first three games of the season that's coming up this week. All right, let's hit some rack from over the weekend before we get to tonight's games. Kawhi says the Clippers have to change things up after collapsing against the Warriors on Friday night. Bad job by them in that game. 
Tom Thibodeau is thrilled to have Taj Gibson return to the Knicks. Man, they've fallen far, Scotty. Lost to the Thunder on Friday night. Lost over the weekend. Uh, the Knicks, after that great start, kind of came back to earth over the weekend. Uh, Lloyd Pierce, job not in danger despite the Hawks' slow start to the season. I didn't think it was that slow, Scotty. I mean, they're scoring points. What's the problem with Lloyd in Atlanta? What, do they want to be undefeated? Well, first of all, I don't believe for one minute that he's safe. And, you know, uh, we've already been talking about uh, the same problems. Uh, Scott Brooks in D.C., he's in trouble. Uh, certainly Thibodeau's not in trouble. But here's the reason why the Knicks uh, kind of hit a wall. Uh, and I talked about this on the bench on Friday night uh, with Mafia. It's that guys like Alfred Payton can't hit a two-footer. I mean, the guy must have missed nine five-foot to two-foot shots. He drives off the dribble, goes into the paint. He's at the rim. He's a foot away, and he still misses. Uh, first of all, he can't shoot from outside to save his ass. Thank God he realizes that and drives. But I've never seen a guy miss more easy finger roll layups from two feet out than Peyton. And he wonders why he can't stick on a team. It's because he can't shoot. They can't shoot. They can't hit shots. They can't hit mid-range. They can't hit threes. They're a terrible shooting team. That's just all there is to it. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Certainly, Satellite Radio Channel 204 on Sirius. We're stoked to be on there. Hope you're digging it. I'm Pharrell. This is Coast to Coast. Sports Map, Byline, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, all on the list. We love all of you. Good to have you with us today on C2C. I'm telling you, Carver High, they're very frustrating to watch. The other night I was watching them lose uh, to the Nuggets, getting their ass just pelted. And then I'm watching the Nets lose. Let me tell you something about this team. They stink, too. You know, they got KD, and then they got, you know, disappearance uh, Kyrie. He's just gone. God only knows what's happened to him. He's lost his mind or something. He's done playing basketball. That's pathetic. And then KD was out because of protocols. Then he comes back. It doesn't matter. He comes back. He's missed game-winning shots from the elbow, the shot he never misses. Now he misses regularly. He's not consistent at all, and Joe Harris can't hit the broad side of a barn. Chris Levert's in a shooting slump. Their best player is Froman. You know you suck when Froman's the best player on your whole team, and there's just no denying it. They lost Dinwiddie. The Nets and Knicks both suck. It didn't take long, did it? They did not. Let's get to tonight's games uh, while they punch those up. LaMelo Ball, triple-double in a win over the Hawks. Youngest player ever to record a triple-double. Nice job by LaMelo Ball. Here we go, he Scotty. Great. Grizz in the Cavs. Grizz in the Cavs tonight. Minus two and a half for the Grizz. Bucks, minus 10 at Orlando. Knicks getting four and a half in Charlotte against Ball and the Hornets. Suns, minus six and a half on the road against the Wiz. Look, I love what LaMelo Ball's doing. He's fun to watch. He's fast. He finds guys under the basket like no one in the league. I, I haven't seen anyone in the league find cutters as well as LaMelo sees them. Like Wayne Gretzky, before the play happens, he knew what was going to happen. He saw the ice like no other. I think LaMelo Ball sees the floor better than his brother, better than anyone I've seen dishing the rock this year. Uh, I'm going to go Hornets over the Knicks because of that factor. I'm going to go uh, Cavs. I like the Magic in an upset over the Bucks, getting the 7.5. And, a half. and um, I like the Suns tonight on the road. I'm going to go with them. I think the Hawks win, but Philly covers the big number. And the Mavs game got canceled. I'm going to go Blazers at home, lay the points. Pacers on the road in Sacramento. I'm going to lay the points there as well. Shake it up. You get them all at Pharrell and 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Are you a Henry? It stands for high earner, not rich yet. It means that despite earning a six-figure income, you're struggling to amass any meaningful nest egg. Our friends at The Motley Fool can help. Since 1993, they've been providing investment advice, helping members build the financial future they envision. To kickstart your 2021 financial goals, they're offering five of their favorite stock picks for free. Realizing you're a Henry? Remember the not rich yet part. You can do it, and The Motley Fool can help. Visit fool.com slash best bets. Carver Hyatt to talk me off the ledge late last night uh, with the Steelers' performance against the Browns. He said, you got to do the segments with Adam Kaplan on Monday. You can't do it tonight. Wait until Tuesday or Wednesday to do yourself. So I'm here, and Adam Kaplan is here, our NFL insider on Coast to Coast. Let's start with not all of my misery, thanks. Let's just leave that off the table for now. Let's start with the misery in Philadelphia. They fired their coach today. That was the big story in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt, Pharrell. So after five seasons, Doug Peters is, is no longer the head coach of the Eagles. And you know, Scott, you and I have detailed some of the issues with Peterson and just kind of why the Eagles were bad at 4-11-1. And the big reason, uh, in talking to team sources, is really the coaching staff struggle. That had, had a rough season. Certainly the Eagles had an awful injury situation. Probably in terms of players miss games, top five. They just missed too many games, a lot of the key players. No, no question that's a factor. But the coaching staff did not have its best year, particularly Doug Peterson. Uh, that, I do believe, contributed to the the, the firing today. Uh, I, I do believe that the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, and Peterson cannot agree on their long-term vision. As a matter of fact, right before we came on here, uh, Jeffrey Lurie did talk about how it was more long-term that Jeffrey was looking at in terms of uh, what the roster should look like and, and everything else. He didn't want to get into the staffing, but as I understand it, uh, Lori did have some differences of opinion on what the staff should look like. That was a, a big bone of contention, according to sources. And look, the fact of the matter is, this is a head coach, though, and Doug Peterson. Let's give him credit. After his first season, they were 7-9. He did something that is rarely done. They won the Super Bowl the next season. They made the playoffs in 18-19. and 19. Certainly a major regression. No offseason uh, due to COVID and, and all the issues they had with injury. But the belief internally was the team should have been way better than it was. It wasn't. Uh, that did contribute, Pharrell, to the, the firing today. But my, my sense is that they just cannot agree on staffing, what the staff should look like. And Peterson's vision was clearly not the same as the owners, who had more of a long-term vision because they need to get younger. There's no question about it. When you look at the roster, too many older players, and that's what they're going to do going forward. They're going to get significantly younger. Well, what's the story with Carson Wentz now? That's the real issue. Yeah, and Jeffrey Lurie, when you look at it, uh, Pharrell. He, he was asked about that today. Uh, he just talked about how it was a down year after really four good seasons, uh, particularly the 2017 season when he clearly 
uh, was going to be the uh, the MVP of the league. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Heading not towards ACL in that game late in the season at the Rams. Uh, look, they they haven't said they won't trade him. That that's the one thing today that I I was surprised at. He could have just said we're not trading him. He didn't do that. Uh, the doors left open for, for him to say that. Though he clearly sounded like he wants him back. He's under contract, but fact of the matter is they did not slam the door on any potential trade. And you and I talked about last week, who are some of the teams who would be interested uh, if the Eagles are willing to trade them. We talked about the Colts. I talked about the Bears because I had heard from a pretty good source that uh, the Bears GM Ryan Pace had interest in uh, Carson Wentz in the 2016 draft. Of course, that was one year before, before they uh, drafted Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. But the fact of the matter is I do think, though, uh, going forward, that is chief among their decisions. What are they going to do with Carson Wentz? They also need a head coach. They don't have a defensive coordinator. Remember, Jim Schwartz decided to take the year off. I'm told, though, the Eagles, the Eagles actually had interest in bringing him back. He had one year left on his contract. So in Philly, with the Eagles, need a head coach, need a vision. They need to get younger. They need to decide on the quarterback. Lots of decisions coming in Philly in the days ahead. Do you think that they would uh, consider trading him to the Steelers if they can't uh, <laughs> agree on Roethlisberger? Because, look, the Steelers have all kinds of players that have contract situations, and they have a lot of young players that are good and receivers even that the Eagles just don't have. Uh, would they be interested in a deal across the state in the Keystone? Yeah, that's interesting because when you let's talk about Roethlisberger since you brought up the Steelers. Now, the Steelers, ironically, have a decision to make on Roethlisberger's contract. You know Ben turns 39 in March. He signed just for one more season through 2021. Remember, they restructured his contract uh, last year. Now, he only carries a base salary for L4 million, but there's a roster bonus for 15 million. Total compensation and cash is 19 million, which is, by the way, for a guy who's accomplished as much that's as Ben Roethlisberger has, that's actually nothing. 19 million right. is not a lot in NFL right. standards, but they do have to make a decision on his roster bonus. If he's on the roster the third day of free agency, which should be around March 20th, uh, that, that roster bonus is due. They would have to pay him that money. So they have to make a decision on it by then. The, these decisions are usually done well, well before that. And Ben made it clear, it sure sounded like after the game, that he wants to be back, wants to play uh, at 39 years old. But the Steelers have to make a decision. Not only that, when you look at their quarterbacks, Pharrell, they don't have anyone who signed past 2021. They really need to make a decision on who's, go who's going to be Roethlisberger's long-term replacement, even if he comes back next season. Is it Mason Rudolph, who's only signed through next season? they got to make that decision. So both teams in Pennsylvania have to make a decision now. As far as Wentz being traded it, it, to Pittsburgh, I've not heard that, that they would be interested. And if the thing with Wentz is, though, we should talk about this for a second, at 28 years old, who is he as a quarterback? Because after, after 19... That was probably the first season of the regression, and this season was a disaster. He got benched. But there are a lot of people around the National Football League who think he's, he's an elite talent, but he hasn't played like it lately. You have to make a decision if you're trading for him. Can you get him back to where he once was? That was a long time ago. You know, you're, you're talking about, despite the injury history, which the last two seasons was minimal. He actually was not on the injury report the last two seasons. He got he got hurt in that playoff game against Seattle when Clowney took him out with a concussion. But the injury history is really not the issue right now. It's the level of play. Can you get him back to that? If you're gonna, if your team for is going to trade for him, you got to think he's still special. He just hasn't played like that lately. And the rest of the team stunk. Uh, you can't lay it all on him. They had I, I, no exactly. one did well. They had no running game. No one up front. Their receivers were ass. And and then they blame everything on Wentz and Peterson. 
And they had all kinds of big-name coaches on that staff. I can't believe what it's turned into from a Super Bowl to this nightmare. It's like a soap opera. Let me ask you about another team with the same predicament, the Bears. I can't believe, after losing six in a row and still making the playoffs, and the way Trubisky played down the stretch, I know they laid an egg in that game in New Orleans yesterday. But that being said, uh, leave that off the table. Nagy and, and Trubisky, I have a problem if they fire the coach and get rid of the quarterback after they got him into the playoffs. What did they want, Utopia in Chicago? Yeah, a couple things there. As of an hour, I talked with a bear source. The coaches have not heard about their future yet. I'm sure they'll hear it over the last 40, next 48 hours. They're actually doing their year-end uh, review, exit, exit meetings with the players, and also they're reviewing the tape of the, the playoff game yesterday against the Saints, so they got to get through that. That's a tough call there. Look, Matt Nagy burst on the scene in 2018, shocked the world uh, as a playoff team with Trubisky playing really, really well. We know that 19 was not a good season, uh, a real drop-off. This season, somehow they made it. Uh, their defense played very well against the Saints. They scored, a, as you know, a, a play on the last they sort of touched on the last play of the game to make the right. score look closer, but the game wasn't really that close, as we, you and I talked about uh, last week. We didn't think it would be close. Um, the way I understand with Trubisky is they have not ruled out bringing them back. It, it's kind of like they have to figure out. Now, again, also Ryan Pace, they have to make sure that he's coming back, the GM. But if, if everybody's coming back, they have to make a decision. My sense is, though, if they bring him back, it would only be a, a short-term solution, maybe a one-year contract, even if it was multiple, be able to get out after one year. But you're right. His accuracy went way up in the final quarter of the season. I understand the schedule is better. But good football is good football. He played good football. Yesterday was tough. Remember Darnell Mooney, their outstanding draft pick out of Tulane, who you and I talked about early in the season, uh, was a guy they really, really loved. He was a guy who pushed Ted Ginn off the roster. He did a good job, but unfortunately he had a bad ankle. I'm told his ankle was in a boot all week, so he didn't play. He had, he had a breakout game a couple weeks ago, so he wasn't available. That really hurt their passing game, and they just didn't have enough help there. So... That one is that one is up in the air, but my sense is they're not completely against bringing back Trubisky, but on a short-term deal. I got to tell you, if Mims doesn't drop that perfect dime bomb on a fleet flicker and the way they played defensively in that first half, they were completely in that game when it was 7-3. It should have been 7 all at the half. I cannot believe how bad they went from looking to playing in the second half. It was beyond me. When we come back, we'll talk to Adam Kaplan about the rest of the games from Wild Card Weekend and look ahead to the divisionals on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hi, this is Bowen Yang here, and if you're as excited as I am about the upcoming fourth season of Search Party on HBO Max, then you'll want to tune in to Search Party, the podcast. I'm sitting down with the creators and stars of the dark comedy to delve deeper into the disturbing world inhabited by Dory, Drew, Elliot, and Portia. And to help us discuss Search Party's most prominent themes, we're inviting a very special celebrity fan to join each chat. Folks like Paul Shear, Vanessa Bayer, Busy Phillips, Taryn Killam, and Carrie Brownstein 
Epstein, among many others. I couldn't be more excited to talk with these folks about one of my favorite shows on TV. So join us as we review classic moments, share behind-the-scenes anecdotes, and analyze the complex characters and unpredictable plot lines that make the series oh so much fun. Search Party Season 4 comes to HBO Max on January 14th. Meanwhile, be sure to subscribe to Search Party, the podcast, which premieres December 14th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so uh, let's go backwards, Adam. Let's start with uh, last night's uh, debacle at Heinz Field. I can't believe what I saw. Uh, not the the snap over uh, Roethlisberger's head from Pouncey started it, and then the interceptions just one after the next over the middle. I kept asking my buddies, "What what are they doing?" He keeps throwing over the middle. Like I mean, he'd already had two of them picked off, and you just keep going back to the well. I have never seen them look worse in my entire life. I'm 55 years old. I've never seen them that bad in a, in a football game ever, let alone a playoff game. Yeah, and Ben Roethlisberger, look, it was a struggle. I do give him credit for fighting back, and they, he brought the team back as well as he could, but they got in such a hole. His accuracy was way off. It was, he and Ebron were not on the same page with some of those throws, and it was tough watching that game. I, I Look, I'll admit it. In fact, uh, <laughs> You know, you and I did all these segments. I think I think that our, our social media team at uh, SportsGrid put up everything I said last week on these games, and man, I got roasted for uh, some of the ones I got wrong. But I get it. One of the ones I got wrong, I, I did not pick the Steelers to lose this game. I was shocked. I, I know you being a diehard Steeler fan, I didn't see it coming. I am interested to see what happens. You know, we were talking about Rosberg in the last segment. I'm also interested to see what happens with the coaching staff. Uh, a lot of people critical of Randy Feekner, their OC. He does a pretty good job, by the way. They're a pass-happy team. We know that. They don't run the ball very well. Uh, but this day and age, you should be throwing the ball a lot. But, you know, people complain about their offense. We'll see uh, what 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 uh, Mike Tomlin does, their head coach. Tough, tough loss for them. It was embarrassing. You, you lose to a team that had not won a playoff game in well over 20 years. And to come out like that, to be down 28 nothing before the end of the first quarter, I know you as a diehard Steeler fan, Ugh. you were probably up in arms. Ugh. I mean, honestly, uh, it just – it was the longest yard. What do you think the Browns do now that they've won? Let's forget about the Steelers. They're toast. Uh, the Browns have – they're getting double digits in Kansas City. And I'll tell you what, uh, I'm not a huge buyer in that Kansas City defense. I'm all over Mahomes and, and their offense. It's scary. They can blow anyone out. But I think the Browns can run the ball down the Chiefs' throat. You know, I give him a puncher's chance. So a couple keys here. they got to get Denzel Ward, the best cornerback, back in the lineup. He's still on the COVID list. Stefanski right now, he would talk to Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, talk Monday about how he's expecting me back later in the week. Now, that certainly would help. But And I give them credit. Their defense, you know, they, the one thing that the, the Browns do is they give up a lot of production, but they also create a lot of turnovers. But Mahomes does not turn, turn the ball over very much. You're going to need to get Denzel Ward back. they got to get him back. Uh, they got Ronnie Harrison back. You and I talked about him last week. Talking to the Browns, they think he's been a just a godsend in nickel situations as a safety. But they don't match up very well. But you did say one thing, which is very key here, which people need to understand. The, the way you beat the Chiefs is you, do, you, you can have success running the football. They don't stop the run very well. Sometimes they do, but overall, the belief around the league is that you can run against them. 
with the, with those running backs, Hunt and Chubb, especially Chubb, Chubb was unbelievable last night, particularly in the past game. How about that? Right. I give him a puncher's chance, right. but you got to score, man. Now, here's one thing about Baker Mayfield I love. That Tennessee game where they blew out Tennessee at home, in Tennessee right? and this right. unbelievable right. game, he had a great game. He's capable of having big games. When you need to throw the football, he can do that. I, I can't wait to talk about this game on Thursday and Friday because I the, I need to gather a little bit more information from Brennan Lake, how people see this game. But I, I, I think you make a fair point. The Browns have won some huge games this season when most of us didn't think they could do it. When they throw underneath, like uh, they were dumping that ball off uh, in the flat last night, and it is absolutely a killer play for them because they are so good after the catch with those just burly backs with the big legs. Both of them are so lethal. Now, what do you think of the uh, Bucks' chances? Uh, a third time they go to the plate against the Saints, and the Saints kick their ass both times. You know, it's interesting. I remember you and I talked about Brady after his first game as a buck, and he didn't look great in week one. Well, he's obviously improved after that 40 touchdown passes the regular season. The Bucks' offense is not the problem. I know the Saints have a very good defense. They can match up cornerback-wise. The problem with the Bucks is their defense. They were awesome in the first half. They've dropped off some uh, for whatever reason. Now, the good news is they're getting back two key defenders this week, Steve McLennan, their nose tackle, and Devin White, their outstanding inside linebacker. They were both brought off the COVID list today. So they'll be back. Now, Kevin Minner, unfortunately, he was replacing White. He went on the reserve cover list on Monday, so that's a little bit disappointing. But getting back McLennan and White certainly will help. It's their pass rush. You've got to get to Drew Brees. Now, the thing about the Saints is this, though. I know they're playing at home this game. You saw what happened when Minnesota came in and shocked them in the wild card round last year. They put in a new defense. Todd Bowles is a really smart coach. And by the way, uh, he's a head coaching candidate. Talked to his Falcon source. They, they want to interview him. Uh, as a candidate. Yeah, yeah. So they really like him, by the way, uh, Todd Bowles. So he does a good job, but somehow you've got to pressure Brees because he doesn't he don't move around all that well. He's a short quarterback. If you take away his blind spot, you you could get some turnovers. There are 34 defense. I, I think Todd Bowles has got to bring something different, though, something not that he has, Brees has seen everything, but as I mentioned earlier, Mike Zimmer brought in a new defense that they had not seen on tape. you got to give Drew Brees something different. I give him a chance. That ought to be, by the way, a super high-scoring game. So let's talk about um, the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson. His numbers, yeah, passing, yeah. buck 76, running, a buck 36, whatever it was. If he does anything like that in Buffalo, the Bills are going to have a problem on their hands. But I think the Bills are better than the Titans, and – I know Josh Allen is going to have a nightmare on his hands because I think the Ravens, in my opinion, actually were better than the Rams. If I look at the two best teams defensively over the weekend, it had to be Baltimore. I mean, literally, the Titans never sniffed anything after they put up 10. And I think uh, the Bills are going to have a hard time running. And it's up to Josh Allen. to. I don't even think he can run it. And I don't know how he's going to pass it against that team. That is going to be an unbelievable challenge. This game scares me for our, our buddy Carver High here. This game is really tough. They are the one team that clearly could pull off the road win. The, the key to that game, and i got to give Lamar Jackson credit, they're down 10 nothing. He throws that pick. Then they get the ball back, and it was a third down, and it was a 17-yard completion to, to Mark Andrews. That right. loosened up the Titan defense. After that, they got the job done. A couple back-breaking runs, and great for him to get his first playoff win. You and I talked about that. You know, Lamar's looked terrible in the playoffs up to this game, and he was really good. They're not going to ask him to throw the ball 40 times a game. That's not what they do. They run the football. They play good defense. They play to their identity. 
They're the one team, by the way, they play a lot of t- ton of man coverage. They're the one team that can match up against those great Bill receivers. That that is going to be the game of the week of, of, of the four of them. By far, that is must-see TV this weekend. So let's talk about the Rams because I, I thought Goff got it done because of Akers and, and the defense. Oh, yeah. Okay, so my question is, uh, I don't believe in all actuality that they can stop Aaron Rodgers, and I also don't believe – uh, that Goff will be able to throw the ball against the Packers. And I don't even think Aker's going to be able to run the ball against the Packers. I don't think they can beat the Packers in Lambeau. I think uh, they beat a team that uh, it, everyone overrated that Seattle defense for the last eight weeks. Everybody talked about how great they were. They were never great defensively. And I, the, what they did to Wilson was amazing, but I don't think they can do that to Rodgers. Hey, look, you and I talked about Wilson's struggles. I was told – He's just he was holding on the ball too long coming to this game. That was why he'd been struggling. Uh, they changed their identity. They tried to become too much of a run team when they should have been do, doing what they did in the first half when we talked about week one. I was hearing the Seahawks would come out passing the season they did. And then they started hiding the ball again, trying to be more of a run team. And that didn't work because rhythm. Uh, Wilson got out of rhythm. So, yeah, the, the Rams had them this this season. They were 3-0 against them, no question about it. I agree with your assessment. I, I give Goff tons of credit with that, that beat-up right thumb that got surgically repaired a couple weeks ago. Incredible job he did to, to somehow hang in there and pull it out. Not this game. I don't. They're not scoring enough points in this game. I, I, I think the Packers won't have too much of a problem. Now, I do want to give the Rams credit. Their defense is fantastic. Uh, Aaron Donald will play with his rib injury, which, as you saw, he couldn't come back in the game. But you know, overall, uh, the Rams' problem is they just don't score enough. And I think in the end, that's what will doom them against the Packers. What do you think would be a better NFC Championship game, Aaron Rodgers against Brady or Breeze? Ooh, I love both. Okay. I'd love to see Rodgers against Brady. All right. I would love to see it. And that'd be, that, that, I don't, the over-under would have to be over 60 in that game, by the way. All right, so uh, what happens to uh, Phillip Rivers? Yeah, he has not made a decision, neither of the Colts, in terms of bringing him back. Did a good job. They made the playoffs with him. He had that bad toe, by the way, which which may get surgically repaired. Um, look, Frank Reich, their head coach, he had a good season, but this he's had some some time management uh, challenges, which he could have done a better job with. Good head coach. They'll be better uh, this next season. Uh, they do not have, by the way, their future quarterback on the roster. They know that. They have to address it. This is, you know, it's amazing to me, Pharrell. If you and I looked at 32 teams, there are at least a dozen teams that are not completely sure who their starting quarterback is going to be next season, which is almost hard to understand. You're talking more than a third of the league doesn't really know who their starting quarterback is going to be next season for sure. That's a lot. And that's why this draft, the quarterbacks, and we're going to, I know we're going to get into the quarterbacks in a future show. The quarterbacks for this draft, my friend, you might see seven quarterbacks go in the first, oh, 40, 45 picks. Wow, that's crazy. Now, uh, do you, do you have any um, stock in this Deshaun to Miami for Tua? And I've got respectfully 40 seconds. My good friend, Chris Morton from ESPN, who I work with for four and a half years, put that. It's more of a rumor. He's just talking about a plausible way it could happen. Look, the, the first thing, again, as we talk about Watson, I know we're going to talk about a lot going forward. Until he comes out and says, I don't want to be traded, which he's not done, ain't going anywhere. They do not. I could tell you from a high-ranking team source, they do not want to trade him at all. They want him to be the future of the franchise. He is, and he will be. He will be, unless he makes it unbelievably difficult for him in the future. He's going to be a Texan. And uh, Dan Quinn, real quick, twenty seconds. Is he going to get that uh, DC job in Dallas? 
They want him badly, and this would be a great fit because they still they, they want to run a 43 front. Remember, he runs the Seattle defense. He's clearly the guy there. They just got to make him the offer. All right, uh, Adam, great stuff. We'll see you on Thursday. And, of course, Friday on top of that. Sounds like a good week to me for the divisionals. Great job today. There he right. is, Adam Kaplan of Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. These days it feels like we're on 24-7. Between work, friends, family, and a million things piling up left and right, the nonstop hustle has taken over. and. It's kind of a lot. Sure, Rise and Grind is all fine and dandy, but sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's literally made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as refreshing and crisp as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. You know it's time to chill when the mountains on the cans and bottles turn blue. So when you want to hit reset, Reach for Coors Light, the only beer that is mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. Don't feel like running to the store? Get Coors Light in their new look, delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado encourages you to celebrate responsibly. All right, so when uh, the Steelers uh, have won six Super Bowls, I got to tell you, I watch a lot of highlights the day uh, of the game and the day after the game, and I never stop. Uh, when the Penguins win five Stanley Cups, I watch a lot of highlights the night they win the Cup, and the day after, I watch a lot of highlights. When the Steelers and Penguins lose, I don't even turn on the TV at all because I can't take it. I cannot take watching it again and again and again in the highlights. I can't even watch like fans celebrate like that are fans of the uh, Browns or whatever. That's great. Congratulations. But now I got to listen to it. That's the plan here. You got Carver High sticking this one right in the show here at the end just to rub it in my face. Okay, we can all play this game. So you get it in today and then I'll save mine for you for later. Go ahead. Play the clip. Well, look, the first time they've won a playoff go game ahead. in 26 years. We got to we got to give them a little bit of a break. So here we go. Uh, the final call last night, ESPN 850 WKNR yeah, yeah, in yeah, 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 Cleveland. Mayfield yeah. takes a snap. That's going to do it from Pittsburgh, from Heinz Field. Sit back and watch and listen to this one inside a half minute, and the Browns will not have to snap the ball again. They will beat the Steelers in the opening round of the playoffs on a wonderful, wonderful wildcard weekend. They knock off the Steelers 48-37. Kansas City, here we come. Yeah, be careful what you wish for, tough guy. Uh, all right, so can we move on to something else before yeah. I start losing my temper? 
We can move on. The Browns, of course, will be in Kansas City on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern, the first game there. Ravens and Titans yesterday in Nashville, Scotty. A 20-13 win for the Ravens' first playoff victory for Lamar Jackson, as we know. Now, here's head coach John Harbaugh. Now, this franchise has won two Super Bowls in the past. Harbaugh happened to be head coach for one of those Super Bowls. But, Scotty... This is the best win in franchise history. Here's our come on. <laughs> you know I don't like the comparison, but I tell you that's one of, that may be that right now. I'm gonna tell you right now it's the number one best win. All right. Now in perspective, it may it's gonna be it's gonna be a top five for sure. But right now for me, this is the best win ever, and and not just because of what was at stake, but because of the guys and the and what it meant to our team and to our guys. You know, uh, what it meant to all of our guys. It's just this may be the best win I've ever been associated with. Defensive effort, like you said, it was discipline. It was eyes on your luggage. It was finishing. It was running to the ball. It was tackling. Uh, up front, our defensive line did a phenomenal job against their very good offensive line. So we got him, we got him stopped a lot of times before he got started. Uh, all those things came into play. That was a great game. I, I don't see how uh, a wild card win is bigger than winning a Super Bowl. So he's just lying through his teeth. Uh, he's getting all emotional. But my question to you is, Carver High, let's get down to business. I mean, you saw how they looked. What they did to the Titans was just shut down uh, Henry and turn that water off. All I know is uh, they're going into Buffalo, and that is a dangerous team, dangerous defense, dangerous quarterback. I still think Josh Allen's better. I mean, Josh Allen's a pure thrower and runner, and this guy runs. uh, Like, that touchdown run was unbelievable, but I still like that pass he threw to Butler, that pick. That's the guy I think he can be. Uh, I don't trust him throwing the ball. Yeah, and that's what the Bills need to do, Scotty, on Saturday night. They need to make Lamar Jackson beat them through the air. Don't let him run all over the place because that changed the game yesterday. The 57-yard touchdown, the other big run that set up the other touchdown, that's how the Ravens scored. Um, Look, last year they did a good job on him. The Bills lost a a 24-17 game to the Ravens in Buffalo, and they held Lamar to 45 yards rushing and 170 yards passing. They just couldn't do much offensively that day. But this year is a different Josh Allen and a different Buffalo Bills offense. So we'll see. And the Bills don't run the ball anyway. Uh, they don't run. You know, I mean, Allen runs. But in terms of running backs, the Bills don't hand the ball off. When they do, they can't. So uh, they're going to look to throw. And here's a problem, Scotty, because you'd think that, like, snow and windy conditions in Buffalo on Saturday night would be good for the home team. Right. I think that that actually favors the Ravens. Because the Bills want to throw the football. The Bills want to play wide open, up and down. The Ravens will pound you with that 300 yards on the ground. So I'm already – early reports. Now, we know – we say this all the time about weather people. They're always wrong. You can't look right. until the day before. As of now, early forecast, some snow in the forecast for Buffalo on Saturday night. So we'll see how that changes things. Look, Dobbins has uh, turned into a stud, and certainly in the red zone, he was a stud in that game. In close, he got in the end zone and did his thing. They had a lot of big runs. Um, Obviously, if that guy throws for 175 and runs for a buck and a quarter, you're going to lose the game. You cannot let that guy beat you both ways. But I don't think Allen is afraid to throw the ball in the wind and snow. The guy's a stud. That's all there is to it. 
Diggs is a freak. All of them. Beasley, I love that team. Their tight ends, everything about them, the way they throw the ball. I mean, maybe the best throwing team besides Patrick Mahomes. I would love to see the Bills and Chiefs in the uh, AFC Championship. I guess uh, time will tell. But, boy, do they have their hands full on Saturday night. Now, uh, do we get to hear from uh, Sean McDermott? I know he's excited. Yes, let's hear from McDermott talking about the first playoff win in 25 years for the Buffalo Bills. Fortunately, I've been in this, I think it was my 28th or 29th playoff game. So I've been in, uh, you know, I've had opportunities like this. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to, to get the win as a head coach. But, I'm, but I think I'm more happy for our team and our fans and, and Terry and Kim and, and uh, all the people that have, you know, worked so hard even before we got here, honestly. And, and uh, for the fans to, to stand behind this team the way that they've done, done over the years, and the fans and how much noise they made today, even at 6,700, I guess was the number. Uh, incredible, man. Just, you could feel, you could feel it in the, in the, uh, in the air, just the atmosphere and the environment was, it was almost like it was full, especially down the stretch there and, and uh, just special only in Buffalo. I mean, what a shame uh, that, that there was only 6,700 fans there because if they played this divisional game in a packed, uh, you know, stadium, I think it would have a huge impact on that football game. And the fact that there's no fans there, 6,000 fans, is like that's like having a stuffed nose. Bottom line is there's nobody there, and that's just no advantage whatsoever. He's just tripping that they made no impact on that game on Saturday. That was a great football game. And I never once thought there were fans there, so I don't know what he's talking about. I knew it was empty, 6,000 fans. I mean, that's like, uh, you know, uh, you know, that's a tailgate party in one corner of the, uh, you know, parking lot. So I don't want to hear it. Yeah. This is going to be, uh, you know, they'll regret not having their fans there. If they had them, I think they could beat Baltimore, frankly, uh, by 10 points. Yeah, look, uh, it doesn't make a big deal having 6,700 people in the place. It really doesn't. And they will have that again. Uh, the state announced this afternoon, Scotty. They will be allowed to have fans again on Saturday night against Baltimore. Same amount as they had over the weekend against the Colts. Let's get Shut to the up. NFC. Let's get to the NFC side now. Uh, it was a struggle for a half for the New Orleans Saints yesterday. They did end up beating the Chicago Bears, and they covered 21-9. to Let's hear from Drew Brees, Scotty. They finally got it going in the second half. The guys up front, I, I felt like did a great job against a really good pass rush front. By sustaining those drives, you know, you end up getting those 12 play, 15 play. Um, we had a few of those uh, drives in the second half, which, you know, chewed up a bunch of clock, kept our defense off the field and fresh, and, uh, and we're able to get points. And at the end of the day, you know, despite the first half where we felt like, you know, we weren't really able to capitalize on, on some of the some of the drives and really get significant points. You know, defense played lights out. Special teams played really well. Played the field position game at times. It was just great complimentary football all the way around. And sometimes you got to do that to, to win. That's what the great teams do. I got to tell you, uh, that sounded really complicated for as boring as that game was. <laughs> it was bad. It was it was a tough watch, man. It, Honestly, it was a couple of the games where there's no doubt, but that bear saint, that bear. How about though everybody praising Nagy and Trubisky, Scotty, over the last five weeks for how great the offense was when they were playing absolutely hack teams. They played a good defense yesterday, and just like earlier in the year, they did absolutely nothing. If I'm the Bears, I break that pair up. Don't bring those guys back. Whether it's I gotta of them, tell you one though, of them, uh, whatever. I 
I blame Mims, honest to Christ. The guy dropped yeah, a touchdown help. pass right in his hands. He's a professional wide receiver. The, the game was never the same. It's the same as when he dropped that. It was it, literally, they never recovered. The same as when Pouncey shot that snap over Roethlisberger's head. The game was over. I don't care if it was 7 nothing. They never recovered from that snap, and they never recovered from that guy dropping that flea flicker touchdown. It would have been 7 all. I blame Mims for the loss completely. That team played great in the first half. I don't know where the hell they went at halftime to smoke bong hits or something because they looked terrible in the second half. The Rams eliminate their division rival, the Seahawks, on Saturday afternoon. John Walford started the game for the Rams. It looked like he was going to be the guy. Gets injured on the first drive, Scotty. Jared Goff comes in with the injured thumb. Here is head coach Sean McVay. Praised him for stepping in and getting it done. The thought process going into the game was our starting quarterback had thumb surgery. Uh, he did everything in his power to get himself ready. We felt like him being ready, even in a limited capacity behind John was going to be the best option. He handled himself incredibly well, showed great leadership throughout the course of the week. Thought John was really getting ready to get into a rip. And then Jared stepped in, handled things incredibly well. Um, you could see, uh, just battled. But uh, I was really pleased with his effort. And you can you could just see just, I mean, this is a guy you're talking about had thumb surgery a couple weeks ago. It's almost like deja vu, except for I just feel a little bit happier right now. Actually, what that means in Portuguese is most people think he sucks. And I didn't think he did anything in that game at all. They won that game because of their defense. And that's all there is to it. That guy is dead meat this weekend. If he plays like he did in that game, because he didn't do anything. So I'm telling you, if he plays like that this weekend, they're going to get racked at Lambeau. Rack yeah, of Lamb. It's going to be on the defense again, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and company to slow down Aaron Rodgers on Saturday afternoon. Bucks beat uh, Washington on Saturday night, Scotty, 31-23. to Taylor Heineke, a uh, monster game for him, 306 yards, touchdown, played very well for Washington. He was great. Tom Brady, here's Tom Brady, Scotty. Happy but he feels like the Bucks missed a lot of opportunities on Saturday. Yeah, like you know, to cover. Some big plays, made some chunks. Um, I think just not scoring enough from Red Area probably is the thing that that uh, bothers us. Missed a two-point play. Had other opportunities to score and just didn't quite take advantage. So moved the ball okay. I think we had you know decent yardage, but at the end of the day, it comes down to points, and we got to do a better job scoring more points. You know, work on that next week. Yeah, we'll see if they can uh, finally beat the Saints is what it boils down to. That was another game I thought. Uh, it was all about that kid Heineke, if you ask me, because I thought the Bucs played flat, and I thought the kid Heineke played his ass off. I'm with you. I, I, didn't, I didn't think the Bucs were very impressive at all on Saturday night, Scott. I mean, nope. If they played anybody else, other teams maybe, they might have lost that game. All right, here we sure. go. We know the matchups now. Divisional playoff weekend. Let's start with the AFC side, Scotty. Right now on FanDuel, Bills, Saturday night, minus two and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. Chiefs and Browns, first game on Sunday afternoon, minus 10 for the Chiefs right now. All they talk about is how bad the Browns' defense is, dead last and everything, but they didn't look like a lousy team last night kicking the Steelers' ass, did they? So I'm done with all the stats and projections and numbers and skinny and scoop, and I still like the uh, Bills. And in the NFC side, Rams and Packers on Saturday, minus seven for the Pack. Bucks and Saints, Sunday late game, minus three for New Orleans. I still got to go Saints, and I'm definitely on Green Bay there. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's no secret that our current healthcare system is broken. We're often taught to avoid the doctor unless we're already sick. This is where Forward comes in. Forward doctors deliver personalized insights to put you on the path to better help. And they're based right here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Forward doctors actually spend time listening and getting to know you. Using real-time blood results and genetic analysis, they build a preventative plan with you to mitigate any health risk. And the best part? Forward doctors make it easy by guiding you through small changes to your lifestyle today to achieve long-term results. With the latest technology and tools, Forward's high-caliber team of doctors deliver cutting-edge preventative care. Whether it's finding the root cause of a new problem, managing a condition, or building a plan to achieve your wellness goals, at Forward, your healthiest self is just around the corner. Better yet, Forward doctors help you find exactly what your genes say about your health. It's time to listen to what your body is telling you. Go to GoForward.com today to get the insights you need to put you on the path to better health. That's GoForward.com. All right, Scotty Farrell with you on Coast to Coast. Hope you're digging us on Satellite Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204, the new Sports Grid Radio Network, and all of our affiliate sports map byline, Mightier 1090, and all of Southern California. Hope you dig the show. Game time decisions coming up top of the hour. I'll see you tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific, on the bench during the national championship game on Sports Grid Radio and on YouTube, search Sports Grid Radio. You'll be styling. What are the Super Bowl odds that you got for me, Carver High? Yes, updated Super Bowl odds at FanDuel. Now that we only have eight teams left in the tree, Scotty, here we go. Chiefs still your favorite at two to one. Packers right after them, plus 380. The Saints, plus 550. Bills, six to one right behind them. Ravens, eight to one. Then the Bucks, the Rams, and the Browns. Your updated Super Bowl odds. Little uh, Super Bowl one rematch. You get a little uh, Chiefs Packers going there. What do you think? Is that uh, inevitable? I think uh, FanDuel and Vegas think so. We'll see. The Islanders agree to a three-year deal with their stud Matthew Barzal. Uh, how great is that kid? What a player! Yes, uh, having Barzal back in the mix, huge for the Islanders. Uh, three more years. Got the same team that was six wins away from a Stanley Cup just four months ago. So we'll see if the Islanders uh, get things going. And what's going to be a lot of fun, Scotty? Two more days, Wednesday night, hockey, Penguins Flyers on Wednesday. How about that? So what would you do if you were the Devils after Corey Crawford signed an $8 million deal and then quit and retired, and now they have no goalie? Call 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 Vegas about Mark Andre Fleury. That's what I think they should do. Exactly. That's exactly what I think they should do. 
To be honest with you, um, Henrik Lundqvist says his heart surgery went well. It was like a six-hour surgery. That's crazy. Uh, he's done playing. Jay Bowmeister retires. Mike Milbury is now officially out at NBC after 14 years. Justin Thomas with the homophobic slur during the golf tournament in Hawaii. Anybody else, they lose their career. Him, nothing, no problem. Wash it off. PGA votes are not going to have the 22 PGA championship at the Trump Bedminster Golf Course in Jersey. What a shame. What a shame. Uh, by the way, a woman says she's worn the same dress for 100 days in a row and is never buying any new clothes. I bet you smell great. Are you a Henry? It stands for high earner, not rich yet. It means that despite earning a six-figure income, you're struggling to amass any meaningful nest egg. Our friends at The Motley Fool can help. Since 1993, they've been providing investment advice, helping members build the financial future they envision. To kickstart your 2021 financial goals, they're offering five of their favorite stock picks for free. Realizing you're a Henry? Remember the not rich yet part. You can do it, and The Motley Fool can help. Visit fool.com slash best bets.